This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your host, Matt Scalina. Matt, today we're talking about foreclosures and something that I know you've had a lot of experience with. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet. It's uh, it's a really technical process, and I think right. that's why it's going to be a good episode. Well, yeah, I was actually meaning because you're three months behind on your mortgage payment, but it, apparently you're, you've got some professional experience <laughs> with it as well. I've also had some professional experience. Yeah, yeah. well, no, we've got... I'm, I'm actually not three no, months behind. Three months ahead, if yeah, anything. Yeah, come yeah. on. Yeah. Ken Pazder <laughs> is on the program today. He's with Pazder Law Corporation. He's a he's a lawyer in Vancouver and his firm has done what? over a, over 100,000 or they're coming on their 100,000th real estate transaction. Yeah. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah, so they they're an experienced group over there. Yeah, so Ken's going to be on the program. We're really excited to have him. For sure. But before we get to our interview with Ken Matt what, have you had any horror stories with foreclosures you know before? What? I haven't. And Ken sort of outlines some of the risks. Right. Uh, every foreclosure I've been involved in, uh, I've won some, I've lost some. They have all been vacant. There was only one that we decided to pull out of that uh, uh, where there was somebody occupying the unit and right. they wouldn't actually let us view it, so we decided to pass. But most of the time, uh, they've been vacant. Yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, you know, I, I had one, well, I've had a lot of successful experiences with uh, foreclosures purchase on the purchase side where, again, vacant properties usually. One time I did have a bad experience. Uh, my client and I had seen the property. We went and saw it. It was full of 
furniture and and kind of garbage owner and everything occupied. else. Owner occupied. I, I told my client, you know, try and look past this. It is an opportunity, which he saw the opportunity. And so, you know, it got finally got to closing date. We were successful with the bidding process. And uh, sure enough, everything that we had saw in the apartment was still there. So it was, I think it was like five or six loads of junk removal. Wow. And, it, and it wasn't stuff that you'd like, it wasn't like, oh, he left a couch. It was like bags of garbage, bags of like, just random, very random stuff. But it was almost like the, it looked like a landfill in there. Basically, was when uh, we got it. almost like a hoarder's place. Yeah. And it took us, what it did, unfortunately, is it put about, you know, attacked about four days of cleaning on and junk removal on where my guy had been kind of hoping to move in. So now he had all of his movers planned. He had basically, you know, uh, People lined up to come yeah, see the sure, place. Sure. You know, he was really excited. He wanted to paint. He he was buying some new appliances. So, you know, it just put a wrench in all of his plans, basically. Yeah. What do you think he was out in the end in terms of of that cost? You know, probably in the area of about thirty five hundred bucks, maybe five grand. Yeah. So in the in the grand scheme of Vancouver real estate, well, you know, a what? headache, uh, a little bit of money, but nothing that. Uh, you know, if you're at least in the last five years or so, you're not going to be worried about that 3500 bucks right. forward. Yeah. Right. And you know what? In hindsight, actually, I think that's one of the best purchases that I've ever had a client make in terms of just value. They say make money on the buy side. I think we did really well. Fantastic. Well, maybe we should cut to our discussion with Ken. Yeah, absolutely. Without further ado, here's our interview with Ken Pazder from Pazder Law Corporation. Enjoy, guys. Okay, so we're here with Ken Pazder from Pazder Law Corporation. How are you doing, Ken? Hey, Ken. I'm good, thanks. How about you guys? Doing well. Yeah, great. Thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. So, Ken, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Well, I'm a lawyer practicing downtown Vancouver. A lot of our practice involves real estate. We've been doing this for about 25 years now, and this year we'll be approaching our 100,000th transaction. So we've we've seen quite a bit of... The real estate market in, in in the lower mainland. Yeah, I guess you've seen it all. We have. <laughs> so, well, we brought you on or asked you to come on the show today, Ken, uh, to talk about court-ordered sales. So, maybe we'll just start with what is a court-ordered sale and how does it happen? Well, there's there's several different kinds of court-ordered sales. The the ones people are most uh, familiar with are are foreclosures. Uh, there are sales under the Court Order Enforcement Act under the Family Relations Act and several other pieces of legislation. But probably for the purposes of this discussion, uh, a court-ordered sale under under a foreclosure would be the one most people would be interested in. Okay, great. Can, can Can you flesh that out a little bit about what exactly a foreclosure is? Okay, well, a foreclosure is a situation that occurs when you sign a mortgage and you can't pay the payments at a certain point in time, usually two or three months down the road, uh, the lawyer for the lender, whether it's usually a bank or credit union, will send you a demand letter. If you can't pay up, generally they will accelerate the mortgage, which means that they want the whole thing. And uh, uh, if you're still not able to pay, uh, they apply to the BC Supreme Court for an order for foreclosure. So it's a fairly long process. If you have equity in your property, it's going to take six months to a year. If you don't have any equity in your property, which is most of the cases on foreclosures, um, it could be less than that, probably uh, 
three to six months. Okay. So, Ken, can you talk a little bit about the process of buying a property under a court-ordered sale? Well, uh, what happens when a property in British Columbia is put into foreclosure, um, uh, the court at some point will grant what's called an order uh, for conduct of sale, and that means the lender is entitled to list the property on the MLS, just like any other property is listed, and it will be put out into the market. Uh, People will make bids on it through their realtors or through themselves, and at some point, uh, when the, the lawyer for the for the bank gets an offer that they feel is reasonable, um, they will make an application to the court to accept that offer. You know, everyone thinks about foreclosures as kind of fire sales. In your experience in Vancouver, when you say a reasonable price, is that based on kind of collaboration with the, with the realtor as well? Are there are there real opportunities there for buyers? No. Uh, both Alberta and British Columbia, the court supervised foreclosures. So essentially the property has to be sold at, the mar- at whatever the market value is for that property. So uh, the, the, the lawyer for the bank will get a current appraisal of the property and the property will be sold for approximately that amount. So in, in un- unlike other jurisdictions where the property could be sold just for the amount of the mortgage or for a smaller amount, um, generally, that's not going to happen in British Columbia. So, are there deals on foreclosures? No. Okay, and and but there are significant risks. Oh, there's very high risks on foreclosure properties. I suppose the biggest risk is that when an offer is made, I'll just walk you back to a foreclosure to begin with. The first guy who makes an offer um, to the to the to the lawyer through through the bank, um, he can he can make whatever offer he wants, and if, if it's accepted. He can put in a number of conditions. I want to look at the property. I want to check the title. I want to do this, that, and the other thing. And and the lawyer may exceed and say, fine, go ahead and do all these things. But when I take your offer to the court, it has to be a no-subject offer. In other words, here's the price. There's no subject to financing, no nothing. That's already done. Now, the problem is when you take that into court, it's a public forum. And so you may have two or three or four other people show up in court, and they all want to bid. So it doesn't necessarily mean because I made the offer and that the lawyer's taking my offer and presenting it to the court and he feels it's reasonably close to the appraised value, it doesn't mean the court's going to accept it. So is there any advantage to being the first in then? No. The only advantage is you've made your offer and you're hoping that nobody else shows up. In in today's market, uh, quite often there are four or five or six other people show up. And what happens in that case, because me... Uh, say, for example, being the original purchaser, I'm at a disadvantage because everyone knows what my offer is and I don't know what anyone else's offer is. So what the court will do is tell everybody to leave the room, uh, make an offer, put it in a sealed bid, come back five minutes later, and the court will open all the offers, including the new offer from the original uh, uh, bidder, and the highest one will generally be accepted. What happens in cases, Ken, where if two people wrote the same offer, have you ever seen a stalemate, and, and how would that unfold? Well, the court would just send them both out of the courtroom again and say, make another offer and come back. So it's no different than really the original situation where a bunch of people show up. Uh, if there were the two or three offers were all the same that were the highest, they would just send them out again and say, make another offer because you're all the same. And, and also in my experience with uh, court-ordered sales, 
other risks I can think of at least is you, it's as is, where is, right? You're buying it as is, where is. There's no, usually in a contract of purchase and sale, you have, you know, that all appliances will be in working order, that type of thing. Uh, in, in this case, uh, there's, it's, you're getting the property as is, correct? Yes, and, and in, a real, in a really extreme form because the foreclosure lawyers, and there's only a handful of them that do the, all the foreclosures in British Columbia, um, they attach a, a six or seven page schedule to the standard offer of purchase and sale, which exempts every manner of liability known to mankind <laughs> from this transaction. And so you, as is, where is, to the extreme extent, is exactly what the case is. So um, the property uh, could be in in any shape whatsoever. There's no warranty. It could be contaminated. It could be anything. There could be latent defects, whatever the whatever the list is. And the list keeps growing every time the lawyers think of a new <laughs> thing that they can exempt. The list is up at about six or eight pages now. And I know the two lawyers in our office do nothing but foreclosures. And I've had a look at those lists and they're, they're pretty onerous. Now, um, most people don't read the contract. They don't read the list. The realtors often don't read the, the list, and then uh, people can be quite disappointed when they, in fact, get the keys to the foreclosure property, and it's completely trashed. So we've also we've heard about the property being completely trashed and the appliances being removed. What if the owner does not leave? Well, if the owner doesn't leave, the lawyer for the bank will obtain what's called a writ of possession. It may take a couple of days, but he will put that on his own dime, go back to court, get, get an order, uh, and send the sheriff out and forcibly remove the person from the property. Okay, so people should give themselves a bit of a gap then for for the unexpected. Yes, if there's a person in there and it looks like they're not being cooperative, yes, they will get possession. It just may not be on the day that it, that they expect it. And and potentially the the person in the property that it's being foreclosed upon may be doing damage, actively doing damage to the property as well. Absolutely, absolutely, and and so the the. The, the problem you have with the foreclosure is that um, the bank is, is essentially selling the property through the courts and the registered owner, who may be the person living in there, or maybe there's a tenant who doesn't want to move out, um, they're not really party to the transaction. Um, they're, not, uh, they're not signing anything. They're not necessarily cooperating. So if they decide to, you know, uh, I had a client a couple of years ago where she bought the property and by the time she moved in, there were no cabinets, no fixtures, no toilet, no sink, no nothing. The person ripped every single thing out of the property the day before it closed. Wow. So, so are there ways, it doesn't, I think I know the answer to this, but are, are there ways, Ken, to mitigate some of these risks? Yes. The only, the only way that you would ever even consider buying a foreclosure property, unless you're just buying it for land value only, um, is the property would have to have already been secured by the bank. So in other words, sometimes if the tenant or the owner is not being cooperative in, in the listing process and in the showing process, um, the, the, the lawyer may obtain an order removing that person from the property, in which case they lock it down. They have a property manager um, that has the keys. No one else has the keys. In that case, when you make an offer on that property, it's going to be in the same shape as when you made the offer. So Ken, if, if you are the actual, if you're the owner of the property being foreclosed on, is there a potential for you to purchase that property back at court? Oh yes, you could purchase the property right at any at any time, right until it's sold to a third party. So there might be a risk. So so somebody could have an accepted offer and 
that could trigger the court date, a buyer, and then the yep. owner could potentially get the funds together to actually purchase the property back. He could. He could. Okay. It's pretty unlikely, though, because, I mean, the, the reason a property is foreclosed in the first place, like if we just go back to the concept of foreclosure, you have a property worth a million dollars, you have a $700,000 mortgage on it, that's never going to get foreclosed because the person is just going to put it up for sale, sell it himself, and pay out the mortgage. So the problem is if the property is worth a million and the mortgage is worth a million fifty, then the person's already underwater. And that's why he's getting foreclosed because there's not going to be enough money to pay off the mortgage. So it's unlikely, it does happen rarely, but it's unlikely that the person who is being foreclosed um, is going to have the wherewithal to come back and buy the, the property and pay more than it's worth because in, the, in fact, the mortgage is worth more than the property is. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, so Ken, do you think we have an effective model for dealing with court-ordered sales? Yeah, absolutely. It's probably one of the best ones, certainly for, for consumers. The person who's being foreclosed, um, he's, he's got the protection of the court. Uh, the courts generally, I find, bend over backwards to give people a break, to give them enough time where possible to redeem the property, to make some other options. If there's some equity in the property, there's something called a redemption period, which is generally six months. That means the court grants the foreclosure order and puts it on hold for six months and says, okay, go out and find a buyer or find some other financing, uh, do something, and we'll all look at it at that point in time. So that's, again, to allow the, 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 the homeowner some opportunity to, to get his, his ducks in order. So certainly I find the court system here is favorable towards the homeowner, and, and I think that's probably a good thing. Um, could it be more efficient? Uh, I suppose uh, it could, but frankly, the lawyers who do these foreclosures are pretty good at it. And in terms of litigation, it's actually pretty cheap litigation because they're very efficient at it. Uh, foreclosures going to run six or seven thousand uh, dollars, which is peanuts in the world of normal litigation. Right. Right. So. So Ken, can you can you leave us with a, a bit of a nightmare story? Have you have you had any any nightmare stories or from your office? Well, a hundred thousand transactions. There's got to be one nightmare. I think. Well, yeah, there's there's lots of nightmare stories, but on, in terms of a foreclosure, as they say, a couple of years ago, a lady who was planning to buy a foreclosure property did so. The realtor, unfortunately, was not aware that the property was not secured by the lender, and and she was you know anticipating maybe spending ten fifteen thousand dollars to put it back in good shape. And because there was nothing left in the property, he tore out floorboards, cabinets, uh, fixtures, sinks, toilets, and of course didn't do much of a job. It wasn't a, a careful uh, removal of these things. The place was completely gutted. So rather than having a ten or fifteen thousand dollar renovation, she had a the whole thing. It was a complete write off. And so again, I, I can, that's the caution I would give to anyone, unless you're buying these things for land value only. Uh, buy it only if it's been secured by the bank. Okay, Ken, will you, uh, I, we really appreciate super good in, information for people. Um, so Ken, how can people, how can people reach you? Well, they can look at our website, www.pastorlaw.com, which has been created by one of my totally talented staff. Um, or they can call us at 682-1509. They can email us at plc at pastorlaw.com. Uh, there's plenty of ways there. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, everywhere. So we're always happy to take calls from people because we we feel it's better to ask first and sign later. 
But unfortunately, the world of real estate, the way it works in Vancouver is people sign first and then find out what the problems are later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a pretty quick moving. Well, that's great advice. Thanks again so much uh, for your time here, Ken. Okay, my pleasure, guys. Anytime. Take care. Take Have care. a good day. Okay, bye-bye. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Ken Pazder from Pazder Law Corporation. Matt, super interesting episode with uh, Ken. Really, really enjoyed having him on. We get questions about foreclosures all the time, and, and I think Ken did a great job presenting it in a way that's easily understandable. For sure. And you know, what I liked about this episode is we've been talking a lot about policy, the, market. Uh, the housing crisis, the market, these sort of larger topics where you can't really dig into the details. This was a topic that I loved how Ken could give us really specific, concrete advice that is really useful. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, what was your biggest takeaway, Adam? Well, you know, I, I think that's the thing, is we get the question all the time, are foreclosures a deal? And, yeah. I, you know, I, I think a lot of people look to the United States and they look, you know, there's programs on HGTV and everything else where you look at short sales. And w- what we will say is, you know, Ken was very clear about how he feels about that, that banks are unwilling to take anything less than market value. Right. So, you know, it's not just a matter of fulfilling the bank's loan requirement, right? But one thing that you and I were talking about is it does seem like what a foreclosure does or a court-ordered sale does is it changes the environment, the purchasing environment, right? Yeah. So it, it allows you to potentially avoid the hysteria of multiple offers when a property looks perfect, when when it's weekend opens and then offer presentations. It, you know, it's 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 a more challenging process, but if you're willing to navigate it, there could be an opportunity in the end. Yeah, I mean, he talks about market value, but there's two things. I mean, one, it's a much more complicated process. Right. You have to put in a bid, you have to wait for the court, you have to actually go to court. Sure. Um, you know, it's a it's a process not everyone's comfortable with or willing to to engage with. And if you don't get it, it could be like three weeks of of going through the steps, right? Well, going to the oh, court at least, and yeah, it's I've three weeks had, of buying opportunity lost, yeah, potentially. And you're just you're basically in limbo. So that's one thing, the complicated nature of it. And then that sort of speaks to the risk, right? There's there's just inherently more risk. You're buying as is, whereas if there's somebody living there. Um, How do you know, you know then, they're going to leave? Then the, then the risks are amplified, but but you never know what you're going to get, and uh, and and that if you're willing to take that type of risk on, there's opportunities because not everybody is, and the market's smaller, and a smaller market for a product means that there's better buying opportunities. As your client saw uh, when he put, you know, spent what thirty five hundred bucks to get the place up and running. Sure, and it was a lot of legwork for us. You know, we had to coordinate a lot, but at the end of the day. Uh, any time there's an opportunity, I mean, in a lot of cases, if you're going to rent a place or buy it because, you know, the carpet's disgusting or whatever, if you're willing to do that little bit of work, you can create your own opportunities. Yeah, Which is, sure. you know, the key to investing intelligently, I think. Yeah, no, undoubtedly. Yeah, so before we go, we should say private client services, that research tool we've been pumping here, uh, we've been using it for years. Our clients are thrilled with it. We've had tons of people reach out, sign up either by themselves, which you can do at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com slash PCS, or get in touch with Adam or myself. For sure. We've had about 30 people sign up this week, which is fantastic. We really appreciate it. And obviously, people are finding value in it. We've had a lot of positive feedback. The other thing, Matt, is uh, go over to our website. Lots of useful information, vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. 
That's where you're going to find uh, the VREP Livewire. You can sign up for that. There's also going to be updates, blog posts, information about the market in general and, and current news. And also, if you haven't rated the podcast, head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast from. Give us a rating. We'd really love to hear from you. Yeah. We appreciate every rating. We read them all. Well, we're at 110 reviews right now. Which and, is unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. And thanks for everybody for, for rating us. But we should, we should up the stakes here. Yeah. You know what? For the next 10 reviews, we're going to put from 110 to 120. Yeah. We're going to put those usernames in a hat. And we're going to draw a lucky winner, and we're going to give you something amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, last time, Yahal was a winner. Uh, we showered him in booze. Yeah. Well, this time, I was going to say something about showering, but the, you're going to get a prize. Yeah. We're not going to shower you in anything. It, but it might be booze. It might be booze. If it's booze, you'll get showered in it. If it's chocolate. Actually, we're not, we didn't really shower Yahal. We just booze. gave him some beer and wine. Yeah. A lot of it, though. Yeah, it was a good, it was a probably good still. We like ruined Yael's life. He's like, <laughs> I mean, haven't heard from him yeah, in a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like he's like, yeah, it's like there's a missing Yael poster outside. We gave him too much booze. Yeah. I hope he responsibly. Yeah, no kidding. Anyways, no kidding. alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Well, Matt, how can people reach you? Seven seven eight eight four seven two eight five four or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com and Adam. Or you can try me at seven seven eight eight six six four five seven four or Adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com and uh, Braden info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com alright guys have a great week we'll speak to you soon take care two thousand faces for radio subscribe today Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join typing in VRP 2020.